Hey, this is Joe Caminetti Jr. Welcome to the BC Podcast. We hope it inspires you and helps you in your journey with Jesus. Enjoy the message. Welcome to team night. Let's pray, man. Let's pray. Father, we're so excited to be here. I thank you for the team that's here, Lord. I thank you for those that are also, they just came to hear vision. Father, they want to get on the team and we just thank you for that. And Father, we thank you for the Holy Spirit who's in this place and we ask you to continue to minister to us. We know we're gonna close with two more songs and we'll get to finish out this worship set, Lord God. And Lord, we just ask for your presence, your life to saturate us. And we thank you for it in the precious name of Jesus. And if you can agree with that prayer, would you say amen to it? Amen. You already have some time to fellowship. We'll fellowship a little more afterwards, but you can take your seats, guys. And um, I wanna welcome the online people that you weren't able to make it, but we gave you a link and you're watching online and we're so excited you're able to hook up with us. And then guys, we, we've got the Boardman campus coming on and they're, they're meeting over there, but they're gonna be on with us for a short time as I just share some overall vision for the church. Now, uh, before we do this, I, I just want you to know, uh, they are doing this most incredible job out there. We are so excited about what they're doing. And can we just give it up and welcome the Boardman campus here in Ward? All right, yeah, yeah. We are excited about what's happening in Boardman, and I'm excited about your individual vision that you're going to hear here in just a little bit from Pastor Joe Jr. and, and Pastor Aaron. It's going to be amazing. And guys, Boardman, Warren, those that are online, you know, I'm excited to be able to just share what I feel God's saying to us as a church. And uh, here's an interesting statistic that we break the mold as other churches do, but very few do. And that is this, that uh, churches in America, usually they grow the most, just the largest growth is in the first five years. But by the 20 year mark, they plateau. They just absolutely plateau. They don't grow anymore. And we just turned 38 guys and we're still growing and we're still doing more things. And I, I think that's awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. I don't believe God ever wants us to plateau. And, and uh, I think he wants us to keep going forward. But you know, when you want to go for, forward in your life, you have to pray harder. You have to seek God's face. And we've been doing that. You've been helping us as a church and Borman here. And we're going to keep doing those things, you know. I, I began praying several months ago and just said, God, I know it's going to be a short word, um, but I, I'd like to have a word from heaven. And so I prayed about it. I really sought God's face. And, and then a couple of weeks ago, I sat down with uh, Pastor Joe Jr. And I just said, you know, I wanted to hear what was on his heart. And it was amazing how we both were feeling and hearing the same thing. So I'm really, I'm really excited about that. And that's what I want to share uh, with all of us. And it has to do with the time in which we're living. And I want to open up with two scriptures. And there's just specific things I want us to see in these scriptures. And uh, here, here's the first one, guys. Hebrews 10, 24. We must also consider how to encourage each other to show love and to do good things. We should not stop gathering together with other believers as some of you are doing. That's none of us, right? We're here on a Sunday night. Can we say amen to that, right, guys? Um, instead, we must continue to encourage each other. This is the part I'm after. Even more. So we're exhorting one another because we live in a crazy time, right? So we're exhorting each other. You can do it. You can make it. Keep going, right? Uh, it doesn't matter what's going on in the world. It says, even more, 
as we see the day of the Lord coming. And I think it's interesting. The day of the Lord is when Jesus will return to the earth. And we don't know the day, we don't know the hour, but the Bible lets us know. And I had tons of scriptures, I just picked two. But it lets us know we should be able to see the time in which we're living. We should be able to know it's the day of the Lord. And, 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 and we're close to the coming of Jesus. I don't know when it's gonna be, but I know it's coming. And you and I have to be aware of the time in which we live in. I know most of you are, but God has something to say to us because the time we're living in. Uh, he has something to say to us about us pulling together and going uh, all the way to the top with the next link of the vision God's given us, right? And here's one more, 2 Timothy 3.1. You may as well know this, Timothy, that in the last days, see, we should know, we're in these days. And he's saying this to Timothy, Pastor Timothy, so we could read it. In the last days, it's going to be very difficult for Christians. So uh, can you agree it's becoming more difficult, right? Some of our brothers around the world have it tougher than us. China, Saudi Arabia, Iran, you live in some of those places, it's even tougher. But we see our world changing. And I never know. I, I just, I wish I did. I wish I could have cappuccino with Jesus and he could tell me. But it just hasn't happened yet. I pray that it would, okay? But, you know, I never know. Is God gonna bring this thing back and it's gonna get better? And then it might, you know, eventually it's gonna get worse before he comes. I never know where we're at, but I don't even know that that matters because we're in the last days, right? And it doesn't matter what's happening out there. God has given us a call. God has given us a purpose and it is huge. And we don't have to cower because we're the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. We're the called ones of the Lord Jesus Christ. And this world can't stop us. Nothing in this world can stop us. So it reminded me of a Bible story has to do with the book of Esther. And it's a cool story. Israel was taken captive into the Persian Empire. And then a new king came, his name was Xerxes. And uh, he had this wife, and, and she was named Vashti, his wife. And they decided to have this party for the whole kingdom. And they, they brought their leaders from the whole kingdom uh, to the palace. And she had the ladies in her palace. He had the guys in his palace. And it was a different kind of marriage than we have today, right? And so everybody's there and it's a multi-day party. But Vashti defied the king in front of all these leaders. And he was irate. And he talked to his top guys. He said, we can't let this happen because if we let this happen, the women are gonna do this to all of us. And like, they're all upset, you know? And again, it's a different time, right? I'm, I'm just telling you what happened. Just, I'm just a messenger, okay? So, so he said, Let's I'm gonna divorce her. And he divorces her. He just gets rid of her for her just standing him up. And then he said, guys, I want you to look through the whole kingdom. I need another wife. And they brought him the most beautiful women in the kingdom. And one of them was a Jewish girl. They didn't know she was Jewish. Her name was Esther. She was second-rate citizen because she was Jewish. But he laid his eyes on her and he said, I've got to have that girl. He fell head over heels in love with Esther. And so he chooses her. Now, Esther had a cousin, first cousin, but he was a couple decades older. So he was like an uncle because she didn't have her parents and he kind of guided her all the time. And uh, so he comes to her and he says, you can't tell the king you're Jewish because he, he might not only not marry you, he might, he might throw you in jail or kill you because he'll feel like you deceived. So she didn't say a word. The king picks her. 
She's now Queen Esther. Isn't that amazing? Queen Esther. And then there's this bad guy named Haman, and he's trying to destroy the Jews. He came up with a plan to kill all the Jews. And that's happened throughout history because, you know, Jesus was going to come through the Jews. So, and the devil doesn't like those Jewish people. So uh, he was going to have the king. And the king agreed to it because he didn't know it was a trick or a trap. And they were going to kill all the Jews in Persia, which would have wiped out the Jewish nation. And so Mordecai comes to Esther, who's the queen, and he says, you've got to stop this, Esther. You have to stop it. And she had already gone into him for another favor, and she said, if he doesn't give me the thumbs up, if he gives me the thumbs down, because if he, if he gets mad that she interrupted him, uh, he'll give her the thumbs down, and she's done. She could die. She's no longer the queen. He'll divorce her. And she's just a nervous wreck, and she goes, Mordecai, I love you, but I just can't go in there. And then Mordecai made this statement, and it's very, very powerful, guys. It's Esther 4.14 near the end, and it says this. Who can say but that God has brought you into the palace for just such a time as this? Very famous, right? Very famous. And I know that's Esther. I know it's back in Bible days, but I think the principle's true for today, too. And I think you and I have to walk out of here this evening in Boardman online here in Warren. We have to walk out with the understanding God has brought us to this place for such a time as this. You're living during this time period for a reason. God could have had you born in the early 1900s. He could have put your spirit and soul, which he created, he could have put it in a body back in, in, in the first generation, the second generation of Christianity. But he puts you in at this time. Amen. And there's a reason for it. I'll give you another example. Some of you won't like this, but it makes a great point. Okay, it makes a great point has to do with Tom Brady, all right? Now, if you're a Pittsburgh Steelers fan, you hate Tom Brady, right? And I've said this before. If you're a Browns fan, you have no reason to hurt him because we were never contenders, so he never kicked us out of anything. He never ruined our chances to go to the Super Bowl. He might here in the near future, right? So, so uh, he's 44 years old. Last year, he switched teams, so he, he was a New England Patriot, all those Super Bowls. And at 44, he's still playing at a high level. He eats avocado ice cream, by the way. It's really nice cream. It's not ice cream, but he eats avocado. He, he's a really healthy eater, takes care of himself. 44, playing at the high level of a 29, 30-year-old. And so they played their first game last, last week, and they were playing Dallas. And I thought, I want to see how Dallas is. I want to see how, how Tampa Tom is, because I'm a fan until he plays us, you know, the Browns. So I thought, let me check it out. And it was an amazing game. Dak Prescott, who's the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys, he played out of his mind good. It was crazy, but so did Tom. And so uh, Dak is losing by three, Dallas, and he moves his team down the field, and, and they kick a field goal, and they tie the game. And so that means it's overtime. But he made a huge mistake. There was a minute, 22 seconds left. And they show a picture of Tom on the sideline. He's like, let me in there. He's like so tanked up. And, and so he goes in a minute and 22 seconds, and he moves the ball down the field, and it's, the time's ready to run out. They kick a field goal. Dak has no time, and Tampa Bay wins the game. Now, here's why I share it. Coaches, whether it's football, basketball, you name the sport, coaches always have their best players in that fourth quarter. The best players are always there in the fourth quarter. He had the best center, he had all the starting people, and he had Tampa Tom. He didn't send in their backup, he sent in Tampa Tom. And in the fourth quarter, they always send their best players in. And I wanna ask you a question. Do you think God's as smart as a quarterback or a coach of a football team? Or any team, do you think he's smart enough? 
Oh yeah, he is. He's that smart. And if we were to take Christianity, it started with Jesus dying and raising from the dead, right? And it's going to end when he comes back. And we can see we're living in those last times. I don't know when he's coming, but it's close. He's coming. And so we could divide it into four quarters. And that first quarter is the apostle Paul, Peter. He had some good players in there. And then we had the middle ages, not really great players there. And, and uh, they really weren't. They did a bad job, right? That's why he didn't put you in, right? He didn't put you in the dark ages. He's, whoo, I'm glad I wasn't born then. Uh, so uh, that's on them. That's not on us, right? But we're in the fourth quarter, and here's what I want to say. Here's what I felt stirring, and it's connected to Esther. We were born for such a time as this, right? And oh, by the way, she went in, the king accepted it, and the Jews were saved and all that beautiful stuff. It's a great story. Now, guys, guys, God put you and I in in the fourth quarter. And I'm talking about Christians all over the world, not just BC. We are in the fourth quarter, which means God has placed his best. He could have put you in any time zone, but he put you in this time zone. That means God put the players with the greatest callings, the strongest gifts, the greatest ability to be in here in the fourth quarter so we can take the ball down and we can score and we can win this thing. And so everybody listening to my voice, you're God's best, and you have to know that. Sometimes we think, oh, I wish you would have used me in the first quarter. I wish I, wish I was born. In. Guys, you were born in the most important time in history, and God has a call on your life to reach the nations, to disciple the believers, and you and I are in a place because God put us here, and we're able to overcome this world. We're able to, to do everything God's called us to do in the world that we live in. We, we can be the light. We can be the salt. We can reach the harvest. We can... Uh, disciple the saints. And that's because God's put you in the game. And I, I like to say it this way. I think this is pretty cool. You're not here to let the world happen to you, but you're here to happen to the world. Amen. Isn't that right? Can we give it up in Borman here and more? It is so true. God has given us the best truth. So listen, listen, listen. That's what I heard God stirring my heart with. That's what he stirred my heart with. And I just got to thinking, man, these are strategic times. And you know what the enemy wants us to do? He wants us to look at all that's going wrong in the world. And you and I have to look at all that and say, you know what? Maybe God's called you to be involved in some of those things. That's cool. I can't give any of my time to that. But maybe that's your calling. Maybe that's your path, you know, to get involved in some ways and do some good things. But guys, here's what I know. Here's what I know. There's nothing on this earth that's going to stop the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we are going to do everything God's called us to do. And we're, we're sin abounds, God grace, God's grace is even stronger. And we're gonna feel the greatest grace we've ever felt, guys, to do what God's called us to do. Yeah, so this is the time to say, yeah, give me that vision for Borbin, give me that vision for Warren, because guys, we are in a time where God is going to shine and you can do it because he saved the best for last. So you guys have stronger gifts than you could ever know. You have a bigger calling, higher grace than you could ever know. And we're not going to let the enemy make us put our head down and say, oh, the world's so tough and the world's so bad. No, we're going to say our God is so tough and our God is so bad. And he gave us gifts and anointing and we're going to do what God's called us to do. That's what we're going to do. That's the time we live in. I'm excited about it. <laughs> Woo! Now, we, we, I had fun. Thank you. Thank you. We had a good time. That's, that's my overall vision for the church. Man, we have been placed here by heaven and we have been placed. God's put his best gifts in the bodies that you're in and they're way greater than you could ever imagine. Now, Boardman, 
uh, online, we have another corporate vision for the church. And um, I'm gonna have our student pastor, uh, past, Pastor Ryan Cathers, come share it because he's part of the team that's making it happen. So Borman, you'll stay on. And then after this, I'll come back and you'll go, go into your individual vision. We'll go into ours as a campus. So can we give it up for Ryan as he comes forth to share this vision? I like when Pastor Joe preaches a little bit. You make me want to stand up and shout a little bit. It's an incredible time to think about how Believer's Church, what we've done and who we are over the last close to 40 years, the fact that we're standing here and, and doing what we're doing in multiple cities and thinking about the thousands upon thousands of people that we have helped connect with God, it, it really is something that's truly astounding. and. Uh, I, I'm just so fascinated by how God has used this group of people to do such an amazing work. And maybe one of the most fascinating parts of this work is if you think about the origin story of Believer's Church, you know, think about it, that it was a 19-year-old Pastor Joe who gives his heart to Jesus and then in his young 20s decides to uh, leave everything in his hometown and go to a Bible school in Oklahoma. And he pays for it all himself by working midnights at a gas station, right? And you think about a teenage Pastor Gina who wasn't a Pastor Gina back then. And uh, she's a teenager who's going to a Bible school in Oklahoma against all common sense from people in her family thinking, this is crazy, don't do this, I'll pay you not to do this. And she goes there and of course, Pastor Joe and Gina, they meet each other in Oklahoma and God stirs in their heart to come and plant Believer's Church right here in Pastor Joe's hometown of Warren. And I love that it was a couple of teenagers. It was a couple of young people that had no clue what they were in for. No clue what they were in for. No clue the thousands of people that would benefit, the cities that would benefit from what they did. And as we think about the next 40 years, for Believer's Church, as we think about what's ahead for us, I really believe that it is those who are in their late teens, early 20s, the young people, their kids, that are going to carry that torch Amen. and be the city of God in their city. Yeah. And um, yeah. and, and that's why I'm really, really excited to present to our church a pathway that we believe is going to help prepare this next generation to be salt and light, to be a city on a hill. And, and that is that Believer's Church is going to be partnering with a university called Southeastern University, uh, or SEU. And SEU, Southeastern University, is a university that's in Florida. They are a private Christian university. And we are going to be partnering with them to launch an extension site at Believer's Church. And we are really, really excited about this because this is going to offer an opportunity to people in their late teens, maybe in their gap year, maybe people who are adults but have a flexible schedule. It's gonna offer an opportunity for them to follow God's call in their life. And so we're excited to let you know that in fall of 2022, a year from this month, we are going to be launching our first ever semester of SEU at Believer's Church. And uh, we are just so excited about this for a few reasons. One is that for too long, we have heard and our students and our young people have heard that if you want a bright future, you've got to ditch this area. That if you want a bright future, you've got to get out of here. 
And we have just said, no, we're not stuck here. We're called here. And we know that there are young people that feel that exact same way, that they are not stuck here. They're called here, but they're looking for opportunities. And so this is going to be an incredible opportunity where they can get a, a quality university, private university education. They'll be taking online classes. But here's what's so cool. It's so different from just an online uh, education. They'll be doing online classes with fully uh, accredited uh, people from, you know, university professors at SEU, and they'll be able to get a regionally accredited degree by taking these online classes, but then they'll be able to get a hands-on experience of what it's like to be a leader in a church as they do the practicum with Believer's Church. So it's going to be a really unique experience where they have online classes, but they're doing it in a community of young people or students who are just like them. It's very unique to those who are commuters who show up and then go home and feel like they never meet anyone. This is going to be a cohort. It's going to be as many people as, in, as are in enrolled in the program, that will be their community. They will be doing chapels together and they will be getting in on leadership talks together and they will be doing work together and they will be serving and leading together. And so it will create a unique opportunity. And so for those of us that have felt like, hey, I have to go somewhere else, we believe that, no, this is a pathway to getting a degree right here in our area and fulfilling the call that God has placed on their life. Another aspect to education that can at times feel a little frustrating is we ask our young people to figure out what they're going to do with their life when they're 19 or 20, go get educated for it, and then go into the workforce. And of course, if you're anything like me, even after I graduated, I still had no clue what I wanted to do with my life, but I spent a lot of money to figure that out. And what what we have done and what we're excited to do with this extension side is we're excited to flip the model on its head. We're excited that they're going to get a quality Christian education that's going to teach them not only uh, what to think, but how to think. And that's part of what a university education does, is it teaches you how to think outside the bounds and how to approach theories and, and to approach logic. But it's going to do it with a Christian worldview, with professors that still believe in a God and professors that uh, are smart and intellectual, but have Jesus at the center of their life. It's going to give them that opportunity, but here's the cool part. They will not just be learning theories that they study it and take a test for. They will take those tests, but they will be putting those theories into practice in a ground of boots on the ground kind of way through the practicum, which means they will be working intensely side by side with their staff here at Believer's Church. They will be on the ground floor of everything that God is doing at Believer's Church. They will be leading. They will be doing things. They will be putting into practice all of the theories they're learning. There will be a meaning attached to it and it will help them to understand is what I'm learning actually practical for my life. And this is going to give them really cool opportunities. Like it's going to give them the chance to hear from leaders like Pastor Joe and Pastor Gina and Joe Jr. and all of our ministry leaders on a really personal way. It's going to give them a chance to actually try different ministries and see how it's, what it's like to lead in those different areas and see what it's like. And to start, we're going to be offering degrees in ministerial leadership, which is very practical. It's a hands-on way to understand what it means to lead but as the program grows, as our enrollment grows, we'll be able to offer more degrees in different things. So we really believe that it's just the beginning as we get it launched. And then as the program grows over the years, there's going to be more opportunities. And so as we think about this, maybe one thought that's going through your mind is what's going through a lot of our minds is, yeah, but how much does it cost? <laughs> because 
If you're anything like me, you, you went to a university, and then you continued to pay for that university experience for close to a decade after you were done with your university experience. And isn't that the case for many young people, that they get into these universities, and they get saddled with debt, and then they get out of college, and their, their job isn't really supporting their ability to pay off. And so as someone who went to a university that cost over $30,000 a year, I can attest that it is not always easy to find a quality education and to work your way through it or to find a valuable price. And this is why we're one of the things we're really, really excited about with SEU at Believer's Church is that the pricing is going to be far and away one of the best prices, most competitive prices that we can offer. In fact, uh, every student can look forward to a tuition that for the entire year will cost less than $10,000. It will be something where you can get scholarships. It will be things where FAFSA or any federal grants will apply. So if you're eligible for those things for any university, you can be eligible for them at SEU at Believer's Church. We're excited for this program. Eventually, we believe that this could even be offered to dual credits for people that are still in high school, but that's down the road. And so uh, this is something that we believe does not have to burden the rest of your life, but can be a facilitator, a catalyst for some of the things that God is doing throughout the rest of your life. And so if you're uh, someone that is interested in learning more about this. Maybe you're a potential student or maybe you're somebody that knows some people. We would love to get your information as we get ready for this launch. This entire year will be really dedicated to getting ourselves ready for the initial launch in fall of 22 and so 2022. And so if you're interested in learning more about this, this has been kind of the 30,000 foot flyover. But if you're interested in learning more about this, we would love to get some information from you. Just your name, your phone number and your email. But just to let us know that you're a little bit interested. We're going to throughout the fall and throughout the upcoming year. We're going to be holding information nights to give you more information about the practical details. And we're going to actually let you experience what it would be like to, to be in one of these settings. And so we would love for you to go on this journey with us. So church as a whole, this is not just because we believe in education, although we believe in education. This is something that we're doing because we know that the harvest is great, but the workers are few. And so we not only need to pray, but we need to equip the next generation of workers to go into the harvest. And so if you're interested in being a part of that, we want to encourage you to head out to the green wall at your campus. And on that iPad, you will see SEU at Believers Church. And if you put in your information there, that will be just an inquiry to get more information. We'll be reaching out to you to let you know what the steps and the process can be, how you can find out more. And we want you to know that that's a really accessible step for so many people that are within the sound of, of my voice. And so we are really excited as a church to get this going. I get pumped up thinking about it because I think it's going to be a lot of stories that are very similar to Pastor Gina and Pastor Joe, teenagers, young people who on a whim maybe even decided, you know what, I'm going to spend, instead of doing this gap year, I'm going to, I'm going to make a decision to get my associates of ministerial leadership, or I'm going to make a decision to, to pursue a degree in a hands-on work experience. And so we're really, really excited for this opportunity. With that said, that's what SEU at Believers Church is. I'm going to hand it back over to Pastor Joe and we'll continue our vision night. All right, let's give it up, guys. Thank you, Ryan. We're really, really excited about that. Now, at this time, Boardman, you're going to go off. Pastor Joe Jr. is coming up. Thanks for hanging out with us. Can we give it up one more time for our Boardman campus? Now, now we're going to give some campus-specific vision, guys, before we finish out tonight. And the first one has to do with our, our B-Kids 
and our B Kids Junior. We have incredible children's ministry here. Many of you are here that work children ministry. And with B Kids, we're starting something called Area 46. It, it puts Area 51 to shame and all their aliens. <laughs> Area 46 is way cooler, right? So uh, our, our, our leader for B Kids is, is Terry Zuppo. And as she comes forth to share this vision, can we give it up for Terry? Well, good evening. I am so honored to be um, overseeing these young ones that so many of you have kids in our area, and it's such an honor. You know, I wanted just to get up here and talk a little bit about Be Kids in Area 46. You know, we exist as a city connecting people with God or connecting our city with God. And in Be Kids, we take that same thing and we get specific where we, our whole purpose is connecting kids with God. And you know what? That can be like, oh yes, we have services, but there's so much more than that. It's all the way down to our B Kids Junior when they're just little babies, all the way up into high school with Pastor Ryan that was just up here. But we take that so serious. And one of the things that we realized is that we were missing something. And it was our sixth graders. And man, talk about just like grabs your heart. It's like, because we don't wanna be skipping anybody, right? We want every single human being out there. We wanna connect them with God. And so we just kept, it's, it's, I will be honest with you, it's been well over a year that we have been trying to get this up and going. And I am so thrilled to tell you that we are in the process of getting Area 46 up and running. It's gonna be right across the hall from Be Kids. And what Area 46 is, is we are going to take where we normally have our kindergarten through fifth graders in one room, and we're going to be splitting up the two areas of ministry or the one area of ministry, two age groups into two separate rooms. So we will have our kindergartners through third grade in the current room. And then in the other room during the 10.45 a.m. service to start with, we will have our fourth through sixth graders which is area 46. <laughs> and, <laughs> and so we wanted to get them away from the little kids because you know how it is. You get a little bit older and you just don't want to be around kindergartners. And it is a little hard to make sure that you are connecting uh, those older kids, those fourth and fifth graders especially, the same ways you're connecting with the young ones. So... I am up here just to tell you, you know what? In order to make this all possible, we also need more of you. And I, I wanted to talk to you also a little bit about our Saturday night services. And on Saturday nights, um, we have, we've been having services in here, but we have not had our children's services. And that is because we don't have enough volunteers. And, you know, one of the things is, you know, you think Saturday nights, uh, we have, pardon me, we have not been having all of our people back since the whole COVID thing. And um, so one of the things was, because like I said, I'm repeating myself, but we didn't have enough volunteers. And so um, we are asking you guys um, to invest some time. And what I mean by that is think of when you were a kid. Maybe you grew up in the church 
and you have known about God all your life and you can say, I'm so thankful for that one person who invested their time. Um, maybe you're somebody who didn't meet God until you were older. And you said, man, I wish I knew now, knew back then what I know now. And you know what, we have these little guys coming in, little guys all the way up to sixth grade now, but coming in and out every single day that need to find ways for their age group to connect with God. Sorry, my mouth is really dry. <laughs> so, um, so one of the things, forgive me, <laughs> um, You know, when you are volunteering, sometimes it can be easy to go through the motions. And in children's ministry, they can read that. They know that. And so it's, it's about going in with your heart. And maybe you're the person who says, um, I can't do kids' ministry. Can I tell you that I actually was one of those people? <laughs> <laughs> a lot of years ago, um, Pastor Joe Jr., he actually came up to, up to, he called me actually and said, thanks, Pastor Gina. <laughs> Here, I'll take that. Thank you. I had a mask on and it totally dried my mouth out, something awful. <laughs> so, but anyways, Joe Jr. came up to me and he said, hey, he said, we really could use some help in the kids' ministry. And um, he said, you think you could help out? And I go, oh, I like the kids' ministry. I have my own kids, but that's about as far as I wanna go. And, and but you know, if you, if you know Pastor Joe Jr. at all, he really knows how to just get you to come along and join up in whatever area is in need. And so I said, okay, sure. And so I started helping out and I'm telling you what, God pulled on my heart. And from that moment on, I was hooked, guys. I was absolutely hooked. But what it was is it was not just um, something that I was giving, but I was also receiving back from these little guys, seeing every single week them learning more about Jesus, them going deeper in their relationship with God. And that's truly what it's all about, is it's teaching them the Word of God. It's showing them how they can worship God. It's showing them that the word of God is true. It's equipping them with these tools. I, I remember I had had this vision of a tool belt for little kids and it had all these cute little tools all the way around it. And I remember God just showing me that those were like spiritual tools and that no matter what they face in life, they are able to grab those tools and to use them. And that's exactly what we wanna do in B Kids and in B Kids Junior and Pathways and in Paramount and all throughout the churches. We wanna be able to equip these children with the word of God and what he has for them, knowing who they are in Christ Jesus, knowing that no matter what God is with them, knowing that his word is true. And so I wanna ask you guys to make an investment Think of all of the things that God has done in your life. Think of all of the people that have invested in you and think of where would you be without those people, right? And now God has put things on the inside of you that now you are able to give back into these children's lives. So 
I just want to encourage you, think about Saturday nights. It's an hour service. Think, are you able to invest in maybe it's babies? Maybe you just want to hold those little tiny babies and pray over them and maybe sing worship songs to them. Or maybe it's those toddlers that are just so stinking cute, you just wanna pinch their cheeks. And just telling them, God loves you, that they know that. All the way up into those kindergartners who are learning so much, starting school, and just letting them know that, hey, do you know you can say prayers yourself? You can pray and talk to God all the way up to these older kids who are starting to make those decisions and starting to be more independent. And now we're able to equip them with what they need so that as they are that more independent, they know exactly what to do and they know that God is with them and and they can go to him for whatever it is that they're needing. So guys, I just wanna encourage you to think about that and, We are so excited about this new area of ministry, so spread the word. And we have some other campus-specific vision, and it has to do with BC traditional. And you know we're fixing the chapel up. We're we're still raising money, but that has nothing to do with what we're going to talk about tonight. This is about it getting going and we're really excited about it. Um, and there's, there's a crop of people out there that are longing for this. They're not going to come to what we're doing here, but I'm really, really excited about it. We almost launched it and then COVID came. So we had to pull back and couldn't do anything during that time. So I want to just give you some dates. Okay. Um, and we're really excited about these dates. The weekend of November 7th, which is not far, we're going to begin what we call preview services. Those services will take place in our student room. We'll dress it up, you know, make it look a little more traditional in there. And we're just gonna use our team and I'm gonna go in and preach 8 a.m. We'll have our worship, it's traditional worship. Everything's traditional uh, that's in there. We'll do communion every week, say the Lord's Prayer after worship every week. I'll preach the same sermon I preach here, but we'll traditionalize it, right? And I'm really excited about it. And that's where we'll begin to build the team and it's going to be awesome. The chapel should be done, uh, you know, late December. And so early January, we're gonna actually go into the chapel. We call that the soft launch. That means we don't advertise it at all. And it's just us working all the kinks out. So, uh, and, and people can say, ask their friends to come. So it will grow that, during that time. And even the, the, the preview, it will grow. That's how we launch Boardman. So people say, come see it, come be a part of it. But then... Can I have a drum roll? You guys ready? You ready? I should have been a drummer, right? Uh, on, on the weekend of April 17th, which happens to be Easter weekend, we will have our official launch and we'll be advertising about it. And that's going to be the official service. We thought that was a great weekend to launch and we're really, really excited about it. And some of you were part of the old team, but then COVID, you know, so we're just going to see if anybody wants to be part of the team. If you don't 
if you don't have that on your heart, that's fine. But I think some of you might, you might have relatives and friends that you know they would come to something like this and maybe you feel a calling. I thought today was so appropriate. I didn't plan today. People, some people asked me, did you plan today, the God path? I said, no, it was just verse three. <laughs> I didn't plan anything. I had no idea what weekend it would be on. I wasn't connecting the dots, but I really know people were really impacted uh, people that are not here are people that aren't even part of the team yet. They were impacted this weekend. So would you do me a favor and pray for those people too, that they begin to say, I want to walk on my God path because there's a call on all of them. And so I want to have our campus pastors come up, Pastor Dom and Tony Denuncio, just to share a few things about vision with you. So as they come up, can we give it up for them? Let them know how excited we are about what they're going to be doing. We've got it on. There we go. <laughs> well, we're very excited about the traditional campus. And just like Terry shared her heart, when we were sitting in a meeting and um, we were talking about the traditional campus, um, you know, sitting in these meetings, I was very excited about it. But then Joe Jr., I don't know why they use Joe Jr. all the time. <laughs> but Joe Jr. turned and he goes, um, he's talking about what we're going to be doing and stuff. And he goes, and by the way, Tony, uh, we'd like you and Dom to be the campus pastors. And I just went, what? <laughs> because if you know me, there's nothing traditional about me at all. <laughs> and I just kind of gulped and I was like, oh, okay. Well, let me go talk to Dom about it. We'll pray about it. And so that's what we did. Um, and it's funny because even though it's not something that you feel that you would naturally gravitate towards, you begin to hear the voice of God say about you that this, is not, this walk is not about you. That what you have in you, God wants to use. And Pastor Joe talked about for a time such as this. <clears throat> and I began to listen to the Lord, and he said, you know, Tone, there is this group of people that have been on Pastor Joe's heart for a long time that won't come to a contemporary service, but they watch him on TV. There are those that even come to our 9 o'clock service that sit out in their cars because just the music isn't their preference, but they will come in because they love the way Pastor Joe ministers. They love Pastor Gina's touch and her heart toward them in the sanctuary as well as out in the lobbies. I mean, they're just connected here, but there are certain things that just seem more about them. So Pastor Joe began to explain to Dom and I a little bit more about the traditional service. And so you're probably sitting there going, what is this, just what Pastor Joe said? What is the traditional service? Well, it's the same as the believer's DNA here, just dressed up in a different package. It will be this different kind of music. It'll be more traditional music, more hymns. We will say the Our Father. We will say, uh, we'll do communion weekly. And that is because the heart of what Pastor Joe wants to do is a lot of people who are sitting in traditional kind of venues, they know about God, but they don't 
know him personally. They are in a religious setting, but they have no idea what it is to connect with him relationally. And so our heart, Pastor Joe's heart, Pastor Gina's heart, is to reach that group of people who would love to come into a setting that seems familiar to them, but allows them to see the newness of God, the power of God, and the relationship of a living God who not only hears them, but answers them when, he, when we call out to them. So our core value for the traditional is we build bridges, not barriers. And our goal is to build a bridge to the religious traditional people who don't have relationship with Jesus and bring them to be a fan, a fan uh, to be from a, being a fan to a friend to a follower. And the scripture that we're working through, and this is what we want you to consider. I've already told you that I did not feel like when it was first said to me, oh my goodness, I just can't see me doing that. And yet then realizing that Jesus laid his life down for me and to be obedient to the season of where he's called us to be in our lives. Now I'm extremely excited about it because I know it's the heart of the Father. So as we share some of these things tonight, we just want you to prayerfully consider to be a part of our teams. And we're gonna kind of have our teams stand up at the end and just so you can see who they are as well. But here's our scripture. It's 1 Corinthians 9, verses 19 through 23. Even though I am free of the demands and the expectations of everyone, I have voluntarily become a servant to any and all in order to reach a wide range of people, religions, non-religious, meticulous moralists, loose living immoralists, the defeated, the demoralized, whoever. I didn't take on their way of life. I kept my bearings in Christ. But I entered their world and tried to experience the things from their viewpoint. I've become just about every sort of servant there is in my attempt to lead those I meet into a God-saved life. I did all of this because of the message. I didn't just want to talk about it. I wanted to be a part of it. That is our scripture. And I'm asking you tonight that as we continue to share these things, as you continue to hear and press into the things of God, where he wants you in this amazing believer's DNA, whether it's traditional, whether it's Saturday night for the kids or the, um, the 46th section that they're opening up, whatever it is, if you're not connected, God has a place for you. And so we're excited about that. So here's um, the why. We always love to give the why here. So here, here's the why. Whenever we, ever, whenever we endeavor to do something big in God's name, it is critical to remember the why or the reason we are doing it. Sometimes God will call you to things like, I'm not big on hymns. I'm not big on traditional music. But as I have in the last two years been listening to more of it, it has ministered so much life to me and God has connected it to help me so I can connect to others who it means a lot to. This is exactly what Paul was talking about in 1 Corinthians 9. He was determined to reach a wild, wide range of people by attempting to see things from their background and perspective. And the why is because the message of Jesus is to be spread to everyone. I love the word servant because it implies sacrifice. Paul was willing to sacrifice his preference 
in order for more people to experience God's presence. I love that last line. I'm going to read it one more time. Paul was willing to sacrifice his preference in order for more people to experience God's presence. And that is what our heart is here, and that is what we're going to do in the traditional. So your takeaway, there may be some aspects of the traditional campus that are on part that look like your preference. And there may be others that are not the aspect of what you would like. That's all okay. This is a bridge to build to people who love tradition, but may know God, but not Jesus, and bring him to a to salvation in a real way with a relationship and, and help them to fall in love with him. So I'm going to turn it over to my husband right now, and he will finish this out. <laughs> I'll tell you what, uh, you can really feel the energy in the building tonight, can't you? Uh, we were blessed. We actually were at the Boardman campus this morning. Uh, we were dropping some uh, refreshments off for their activity uh, tonight. And it was my first time there since they did all the remodeling and stuff. And I'll tell you what, there, there's an atmosphere there. You can see life there, uh, smiles, uh, encouraging words, the pastors, you know, ministering to people. It was just, there was an energy there. It's like you wanted to just stand there and just absorb it. And I'll tell you what, tonight when I walked in here, I could feel the same thing. I could feel the buzz going on. And it's amazing. It's like Pastor Joe said, hey, this is a Sunday night, and what do people do on Sunday night in America? They park in front of their TV sets and watch their favorite team or whatever. And here we have people coming here. They're excited to be here. They want to be here. It's their choice to be here. And I really believe the underlying thing is, is that we want more of God. We want to be in God's presence. We want to be with the people of God because, quite honestly, and it's really what this, this vision is all about, all of us know people who are attending church traditionally as a, as a day of obligation. Every Sunday, they, they go because that's what mom and dad taught them to do, and they've done it, some of them all their life, some of them as old as we are, and they still don't have what God wants them to have which is that real relationship where they know God in their heart and they, they talk to God like they talk to a, a family member or a friend, a real relationship. And it's funny, I, I, I do know this about what's happened with COVID. I know it's gonna be difficult for the Christian in the last day, but I'll tell you one thing. I, in my conversations with people, no matter where I'm at, whether it's in a grocery store or the gym or whatever, I see, I see people concerned about what's gonna happen in the future. And these are people that are professional people that I always assume to be very confident people. And now here we are in this day, at this moment, I don't see that same confidence. I see people are searching. People are out there, they are searching. I want to know what is real. I wanna have something that's real. And that's where I believe this traditional, you know, I wondered because we had gotten momentum going, we started it up over in the Paramount area and we were really making progress and then boom, COVID hit. And I wondered about that. I go, you know, Lord, it just seemed like we were really building something and now it's taken away for a while. But I trust you and I know your timing's always perfect. And like Pastor Joe said, the timing now is our time. 
it's our time to begin doing the things that we know are going to be very important for this traditional experience. And I would encourage you to do these three things. Number one, your prayer life. And I know all of our prayer life has changed through this COVID experience. We, we are closer to God. We are talking to God. We are reading his word and we are confessing what his word says because we are choosing to believe God's story and God's plan over what the world's plan is. Okay? And as a result of that, we have the ability now to lift up the visions that we are, we've had expressed tonight. With traditional, I would invite all of you to begin praying specifically about what our needs are going to be. Whether it's the needs in the actual construction, pray that that construction of that chapel, because it's going to have multi-purposes. Uh, it's going to be a beautiful building, a place to gather. Pray that that the work that's going to be done is going to be done uh, just professionally with great craftsmanship, that it's going to be a beautiful building that people are going to look forward to being at. Uh, pray for uh, just the leadership, uh, that we have the vision to uh, incorporate things and develop things as the Holy Spirit tells us to do that so that this this area of ministry is done in his order, not by our ideas, but by what the Holy Spirit wants to have, because that's where the real impact's going to be. It's going to be God moving in our lives and in that ministry. So pray for vision. Pray that we uh, be bolstered, that we have time to, to spend before God to, to, to seek what he has to say and, and the direction that he wants us to take. So now's the time to pray. So I would invite all of you to do that. And because we know prayer is the vehicle. Our conversation with God is where stuff happens, where we stand on his word and his promises. He's waiting to move on our prayers. So I, you know, I invite all of you to do that. And, and, and just as importantly, networking. Uh, I, there, I see faces of people that I talk to who are in traditional religious experiences and they're not getting what they need and I know that they listen to Pastor Joe uh, you know uh, he's available to them through our various media channels and they love they love him preaching because he preaches so that people can understand the word is to be understood by people so that we can use it and they love it they go yeah I listen to him all the time he preaches so that I can understand it now that tells me one thing. If they could come and be in, an, in a traditional experience, okay, so we're gonna go with the pews and maybe the cross behind and stained glass windows, whatever it takes to provide an, an environment that is familiar to them, we'll do it. That because what? We want the product of all of that. The product is they get an invite by you whether it's a family member, oh, somebody that you work with, a neighbor, and you invite them, they come and they go, you know what, this, this is okay, this looks, oh, Pastor Joe, all right. And I, I just know that if they have an opportunity to come and sit, that the Holy Spirit is just gonna minister powerfully, anoint the word by our pastor and those others that minister, and it's gonna touch hearts and their lives are gonna be changed. People that you've been praying for for years. 
So again, our networking is going to be very important. Right now, pray for people that come to mind. Hey, they just need to come in here. This person, I want uh, Holy Spirit, give me the words to say in, in inviting them to come because I know and I'm going to be confident that that environment is going to be something, again, that is familiar to them. And again, that's what this is about. And then probably the last thing is, is and it, it probably ties in with the first directive about prayer. Think about how you can fit in to traditional. Now again, some of you are called to different areas and we're all, we all have callings and they could be different. Some of you know that this is probably an area that where you could really plug in and really contribute. And I would just encourage you, whatever it is. I've, I've had people come up and go, Dom, I, I don't know if I have a specific thing right now. I've prayed about it. I don't know. All I know is I want to help. I, I want to be a part. I'll do whatever you need. Tell me what you need and I'll do it. That's, that's the way people's hearts are here. That's what makes this a church that's alive because people have a heart to serve. We've all gone through that process of learning how to be servants, not just be takers, not just come in and occupy a chair and take, but say, Lord, you've done so much for me, so how can I now serve the kingdom of God? How can I now serve people and get people who do not know you an opportunity to listen and be touched and have their lives change? And, and so if you start out with just that heart, what can I do? How can I help? It could be, you, you might think of it as a small role or a small task, but nothing in here is small. Everybody in here that performs anything under the Lord gets a hundredfold blessing. There's blessings that always come back when you're doing things for the kingdom of God. So that's what I would encourage you to do at this point. Just consider those, those directives. Uh, I'm excited. I, Tony says she's not traditional. Uh, I'm the old fogey. I think if you talk, if you talk to my, my son, Stephen, I'm really the old fogey. But you, you want to know something? I think because of the, the many, many years of just observing and watching, uh, I look around and I see people whose lives are, have been lived and they're out there and they still have not made that commitment. And my eyes and my heart go toward those people who need to be here to hear the word of God. And that's what lights my fire for traditional. So bless the Lord, I'm excited. Do those and we'll be blessed, okay? It's gonna be fun. If you are interested, at the end of the evening, go out to the uh, green wall, Dom and I, and Kelly will be out there, and um, we'll show you how to sign up if you want more information, and I have a handout for you, so. Amen. Let's stay up, stay up here, guys. Um, Gina and I are going to pray over these guys, and we want you to help us. And also, uh, Kelly Thomas, I don't know where you're at, Kelly, would you stand up? Kelly's going to be leading traditional worship. She's right back there. I'm pointing at. Can we give it up for Kelly? She's building the teams, man, and we're excited about it. Oh yeah, anybody that's part of the team already, would you stand up so we can? Uh, Pastor Tony wanted you to stand up. Can we give it up for all these people, guys? It's already part of the team.
he said, am I on? He said, say it, you know, whatever you want. So he gave me a mic. It's going to happen then, you know. Are you nervous? Not no, at all. not no. at all. Okay, this is partly for, for you, but then for everybody, okay? So I was sitting there, and the Lord showed me, you know, Tony has been... I have been her supervisor for a very long time. <laughs> and she would, you know, tell me what she's doing in a day. And it starts incredibly early, really, really early. And then it goes incredibly long. And then she goes home, and then she'll, like, pray all through the night. And I'm like, so you sleep when? <laughs> and I'm like, are you a human being, you know? And so, you know, I am, she's so gracious to me and lets me pour into her. But then I'm sitting there thinking, wow, and I get so inspired. But this is what the Lord wants you to know. Um, and you've mentioned tonight, you didn't see yourself going into this direction, but there are no accidents here. And just when you might think you might be get things might calm down or you might be rounding the end of a day, no, it's always been a gift in you to ramp it up at the end. It, I know that. <laughs> but he's saying by his intention... And his anointing, he's got some plans for you. And you're going to ramp it up at the end. Now, why is that important on so many levels? Because you're going to be ministering to a lot of people who think they're winding down. And guess what? They're going to ramp it up. And um, just like there were, th there were, yeah, come on, come on. You know, there were... There were three crosses on that hill. And it was not such a lovely day for any of the guys hanging on that cross. But for one of the guys on the cross, not, not Jesus, but one of the guys, it was arguably the best day he would ever have on earth because he made the right decision and he did the right thing. He, he saw Jesus on that hill. And on the cross, he saw Jesus. So you're going to be ministering to people and igniting that in them. And, you know, so at the very end can be the arguably, not even arguably, the best day. But here's what I want to say to you. There is an anointing here. Some of you think it's going to start getting a little mundane. Maybe COVID got, you made, you made some strides before COVID and then it got a little bit like stepping back and, you know, you made some strides in your walk with God and then it got boring or mundane or you had a setback or you had a loss. God is saying, no way, no way. This church and you as part of it, and the Lord Jesus Christ, the body of Christ, for he who has ears to hear, it is time to ramp it up. Finish strong. Make it the best time. What's he doing? <laughs> it is, it's going to happen by the Holy Spirit. There is an anointing on you to ignite that in people, and then there's an anointing uh, just happening in the body of Christ. I love what you preach tonight. I, you know, he's my favorite. But it was so good. 
yeah. So anyway, we want to lay hands on you. Not to neglect you, Doc. That was really good what you said. He's good with a microphone. <laughs> but I just really encourage you, this is not a time to think that yesterday is some kind of a sign for what tomorrow will look like. Even it's not the time to think that earlier today is some kind of sign of what tomorrow will look like. It's the time to say, I don't know where you've been. I don't know what you feel like. But this, if you have ears to hear and you have eyes to look up to heaven, this is your time to ramp it up and to go into that next season and let God make it the best time ever. Amen? Amen. Amen. Woo! Teach you to give me a mic. <laughs> Guys, stretch your hands forward. Let's pray. You, Father. Father, we thank you for Pastor uh, Tony, Pastor Dom. We thank you for the call on their life. And we set them now into the ministry, Lord, uh, in this new ministry, Father. They're already ordained, but we set them into this ministry of campus pastors. We thank you for all the gifts that are in them. We thank you for your grace bubbling up, Father, causing those gifts that have been just in the background waiting for this day to come out, Father, and be used at the highest level they've ever been used at. And Dom, I did have a word for you. And I, I just hear the Holy Spirit saying, uh, you know, you've always looked back, you always stood back, and you always thought, Man, God, thank you for using me, but could you use me at this level? Can you use me at this level? And God is saying, yes, I can use you at this level. And I have placed gifts and abilities in you and an anointing in you. And that anointing and those gifts, they're gonna flow out of you like you've never watched or seen them flow before because God has ordained you to be in this ministry together and those gifts are inside of you. And we are thankful, aren't we guys? Can we give it up and say we're thankful for those gifts? We're thankful, Lord God. And every person you touch be filled with the anointing Amen. of God. Amen. 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 Like an ignition. And Kelly, can you come up real quick? Pastor Dom and, and, and Tony and Gina and I want to just lay hands on you because she, she is our worship leader for traditional campus. She's so faithful. She was here all day long. And... I got a little something to say to this girl. Oh, okay? do you? Ooh. All right. Well, you want to say it after we pray or before we pray? You, well, you decide. Let's You're pray the first. boss. Let's here. pray first. <laughs> Guys, stretch your hands forward. Tony, Pastor Tony and Dom, help us out. Father, we thank you for Kelly. We thank you for her faithfulness, which is absolutely amazing. We thank you for her gifts. We thank you for her calling. And Lord, we thank you for this position that she so knows you want her in. And Lord, we lay hands on her. We anoint her, we ordain her for this position. We thank you for the gifts and callings that are inside of Kelly. We thank you for her team that she's already assembling. And we just thank you, Lord, that that grace and that anointing is gonna ramp up and come out stronger than ever. We thank you for it, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. And Kelly, this is what I see. Um, you are humble and you don't, you don't come up here thinking, like, oh, you know, so much of yourself and all that. But you come up here <clears throat> with so much. You leave it all in every second. And God wants you to know, that, not that you're even questioning it, but he wants you to really know how he sees your heart and how he has used you. Uh, you have no idea yet 
how much that attitude of humility and service is impacting others. And that others, even the most ornery ones, <laughs> they, see, <laughs> they see that and oh, she's, oh, and they're seeing that and they're learning from it. And even if, even if they're not showing that to you, they're learning from it and it's igniting a fire of servants with humility who want to leave it all in for God. And so what a team we have going on here. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, hey guys, I'm gonna, we're going to play a quick game. It won't take long. And I want to close out with something really cool. All right. It, this game is called Who's the Minister? All right. So we're going to show you a picture. You need to tell me who the minister is. All right. Um, so take a look at this picture. Who's the minister in this picture? Who knows him? Shout it out. T.D. Jakes. All right. This next one's a little tougher. Um, take a look at this picture. Who's the minister in this picture? Who knows this guy? Pastor Stephen Furtick and his family. Uh, him and T.D. Jakes, they're preaching machines. I mean, they're, they're just incredible preachers. And, uh, they, they, you know, you guessed twice now. The third one's the toughest. I don't think you're going to be able to guess the minister in this one. Take a look. Who's the minister in this picture, guys? <laughs> Ah, this was behind the stage, man, just coming out of COVID. And uh, well, you guys did okay, but you, you, you didn't get it right. just want you to know. I tricked you. So I understand you were tricked. Um, you're right. I mean, if, if who's the ordained minister, who's the pastor? Yeah, you got it right. But actually, everybody in every single picture was a minister. And they're all ministers. And I want to read a quick verse. It reads like this, Ephesians 4.11. Now, these are the gifts uh, that Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers. That's guys like me, and that's, that's who you were thinking when you looked at the picture. So you were right in that sense. But listen to the next verse. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. And so our job, when I bring guest ministers in, when I minister, it's to equip you, but you're the one that does the work of the ministry. And we can all agree that's happening, right? Isn't that happening? That's what you're doing. And so that means you're all ministers. And that's really exciting to us. So we had this idea. I used it as a fan because Gina, Gina was preaching the house. Just was preaching the house down. But... Uh, we, we came up with a certificate for all of our dream teamers and all of you that are involved here. It's called a certificate of ordination. Now, you can't take minister, you know, pastor benefits with it, so don't, you know, it, it won't work. But it is, it is an ordination uh, because you are a minister and you're going to be able to write your name in it. I signed it for you. And uh, it says this, blank, whoever your name is, is officially a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ, fully equipped to use their unique gifts and talents to see a city connected with God. And it has this date on it. And we feel we want each and every one of you to have this because you are ministers. You are ministering. And wherever you want to put it, I mean, if you want to take a picture of it and just look at it on your phone once in a while, whatever you want to do with it, you want to hang it, whatever. Um, guys, I want to make sure you know, I want to make sure you understand that you are a minister. And I want to pray a dedication prayer over you. And then we're going to finish out with worship. So can we pray right now, Father? And oh, I, by the way, when you go out the doors, uh, they'll be handing them out at all three doors here, these two and this one. Let's pray. Father, 
We thank you for a great night. We thank you for the vision. I thank you for every team member. And Father, some are plugged in. They're gonna stay right where they're plugged. Others are gonna maybe help in some other areas and we're excited about that. And Lord, we also thank you for the members of the church that aren't plugged in. They're gonna plug into these ministries, Father, and join the team. But I pray right now for everybody that's already part of the dream team. And Lord, I pray and I dedicate them to you. I dedicate them to the work that they're doing. And Lord, I thank you for your anointing and your power and your life coming on them at a stronger level than ever before. And Father, I thank you for your grace walking with them as they walk and live and do what you created them to do as they walk down their God path. And guys, if you can agree with that prayer, would you say amen to it? Hope you enjoyed today's podcast. There are a couple things I'd love for you to do. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. That helps us spread the word and impact more people. You can also help us see others connected to God by investing today at believers.cc give. And if you want updates on all things Believers Church, check out believers.cc or follow us at A City Connected on Twitter and Instagram or search Believers The Connecting Place on Facebook. The best way to connect with BC is live and in person at one of our weekend worship experiences. We have locations in Boardman and Warren, and you can get the service times and plan your visit at believers.cc. Thanks for tuning in to the BC Podcast.